Hello, podcasters. This is Sherry Purdy. And this is Miriam Lake. And you are listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Today, we are going to talk about behavioral health during this pandemic, how we need to get ourselves mentally and behavioral healthy back into the to the game. Exactly. We've had to stay inside. We've had to keep away from our family and friends. We've had to just change our normal routines. And we are going to talk to Diet and how it's taken a toll on us and what we can do about it. And how we get back stronger, both mentally and behaviorally on all of it. Because we can do it. We yes, can do we this. Can. So Diet, take it away. Today, I have an expert panel of behavioral health specialists, including Brianna Young, Supervisor of the Des Moines Behavioral Health Care Clinic, and Rebecca Peterson, House of Mercy Director. Both are also licensed mental health counselors. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I think one of the questions we will start off with, um, especially from your different perspectives, is who do you feel is the most at risk for mental health needs during the current pandemic? I would say that vulnerable populations um, would be anyone who had a a diagnosis of a mental health disorder or substance use disorder prior to the pandemic. Um, Those are at a greater risk for experiencing even more symptoms. Um, Also, anyone who was experiencing poverty or abuse prior to the pandemic could potentially see an increase of symptoms um, due to the scarcity of supplies, Um, possibly not having a job that would allow them to work from home, um, a lack of health insurance, all of those challenges pose a higher risk for those populations. I would also say um, we've seen a lot of community members coming together to try to address those needs and making homemade masks is one area that we've seen outpouring of support um, for people who maybe didn't have the means to get some of the PPE And so just encouraging the community to continue to do that because there are a lot of vulnerable populations that don't have the means to get that type of protection. Thanks, Rebecca. That's that's a lot of uh, really good information. And I would definitely echo um, all of that. Uh, To add a little bit to it, I I would say an additional risk would be those who've experienced any kind of major change in their life due to the COVID-19 Um, job loss, school, a lot of teenagers and kiddos that are being out of school for such a long period of time with increased isolation, Um, anybody whose um, families are isolated even more, maybe you were a caretaker or something and you're recommended to not be over there, or even those that have come down uh, with the COVID-19 diagnosis. It's so scary right now uh, to have a diagnosis like that. Uh, it can cause all sorts of changes in emotions. Um, there's, there's literature out there that says the, the virus alone can make cognitive changes um, to a person, let alone the, the mental effects of the anxiety, the depression, increased isolation for uh, 14 days or longer. Uh, anything like that can add to somebody's uh, mental health and um, change that um, noticeably. Um, there's a lot of folks trying to help with masks. Um, um, homeless shelters are, are doing a good job. The Food Bank of Iowa is doing a great job for those that might be out of out of food. Um, local food banks are doing a fantastic job. And then we have our community resources, uh, which I'm sure uh, we'll have an opportunity to talk about in a little bit. But the community resources, uh, there's tons of mental health opportunities to talk to a counselor, 
Um, talk to a primary care about getting some medications if you need. Uh, there's other places that do uh, sliding fee scales, and there's even some in the Des Moines area that are able to do um, um, pro bono or, or free um, op options for folks to get evaluated and maybe get uh, a first-line treatment before they um, need to get into a specialist. Great, Brianna. Perfect. Um, if you feel like you need help or a loved one feels that they may not, they may need help, would you recommend that people start with their primary care physician or are there other resources that maybe they could tap into also? Yeah, primary cares are great for uh, getting, getting resources, um, helping uh, patients, people understand uh, what's local, what's available, getting them pointed in the right direction. Um, sometimes if you're scared of primary care, sometimes even a quick Google search can get you pointed in the right direction. I know it's scary to follow what Google might say, but getting, the, getting a name of a, a business, starting with at least one, um, and then maybe that business can help direct you a little bit better if, if they don't offer that service. But primary cares are, are great first-line places um, to start their search I would also like to add that the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, is a great nation, nationwide support system. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, both of those options would have texting, phone calls, um, email addresses, where if you're not comfortable necessarily calling or showing up somewhere face-to-face, -face, um, there's a lot of online options through those organizations. That's great, because I do think people are still somewhat concerned about, you know, either potentially leaving their house or just where they could go that might still be a, a risk factor for them. So that's very helpful. Thank you. Um, can you give us some examples or warning signs of when it might be time to seek help? Yeah, I think uh, warning signs really are on a continuum from mild to severe. And for each person looking at their own life and their own symptoms to just to determine how significant are these symptoms? Are they interfering with my normal functioning? Are they interfering with relationships? And certainly looking for more of the significant warning signs to watch for, such as too little or too much sleep, consuming too much or too little food, consuming too much alcohol, abusing any prescription or over-the-counter medicine. Um, if you're experiencing panic attacks, disassociation, losing track of chunks of time, thoughts about hurting yourself or someone else, those would be on the severe spectrum that you'd want to seek immediate help for. Um, and then for more of the mild or moderate symptoms, um, just kind of assessing if you can address some of those on your own um, through your own supports or whether you would want to reach out and connect with a professional, but not hesitating to do so because there are a lot of options. Those are a lot of, of great, great ideas and great uh, things to look out for. Another, another thing that we, we preach a lot about is any, any major change to somebody's normal, normal mood, normal affect, changes that last uh, greater than uh, two or three weeks, and then the, the change is noticeable by others, whether it's work, social, family, friends, and it, if your red flag goes up, usually it's time to start asking a question, are, are you okay? Or is there something bothering you? And if that person hopefully can talk about it, but if they, if they can't, it's important to, to be patient with them, but give them a little bit of space, but also continue to check in on them to make sure that there's some improvement 
um, as the economy and, and the world begins to kind of reopen a little bit, there's still a giant fear, but hopefully um, some folks will be able to kind of get back to a little bit of normal. Maybe it might be going back to work. There's still that underlying fear. So being able to recognize what the trigger is. That's great. I think, um, like you were saying, that's, that's very helpful to know that there's different things along the continuum to look for. Um, I think it might be helpful to talk about um, people with their specific age groups. One of the questions we had identified previously was, my teenager acts okay, but is he or she really? Um, you know, are there specific things for that age group? Because like you said, they are missing school for extended periods. might be that this was a senior year for someone or a uh, freshman year of college they had to come home early from. Well, I would say you know your child better than anyone, and a lot of the same warning signs you would look for in yourself would be what you'd look for in a teenager. If they are having major changes in behavior or mood, really paying attention to those. I would recommend knowing you know, what to look for as far as drug paraphernalia or if there's been substance use going on. You might notice a loss of interest in activities, um, sneaking out, angry outbursts, physical changes such as poor hygiene, rapid weight gain, losing weight as well, can all be warning signs that something's going on and, you know, not being afraid to talk to your teenager if you're seeing any of those signs. So in a similar fashion, what about signs for younger children? Well, signs that I've noticed, again, are a lot of the same um, warning signs as far as sleeping, changes to... um, eating more or less, um, any changes in behavior or mood. But in children specifically, I see a lot of um, increase in irritability or anger as being a warning sign that something more is going on or unexplained physical symptoms like headaches and stomach aches, um, watching for that. If there's nothing physical happening, then maybe it is related to mental health. Um, And then any difficulty separating from parents, um, excessive crying, worrying, those types of anxious um, behaviors are something to look for and um, to address if you're seeing those warning signs. I think it's important to um, really check in on, on the kids and even those small signs, you know, indicating I miss my friends. That's the start of something greater. That's, that's a, a good sign, a good communication Um, help acknowledge and empathize with that and normalize their feelings. But if it continues to be uh, a day after day, missing the same person, missing the same friend, kind of the same little sniffly attitude or um, slight aggressiveness, it's important to check in on those mild symptoms as well. Or you might have a kiddo that hides things uh, really well or um, is able to kind of stuff it inside but little pieces of it will slip out. So checking in on the the bits of pieces that the child gives you is really important to follow up on and not just dismiss it um, so that it doesn't grow into something greater. So can you give some um, some extra tips to offer to parents um, how to be able to help their children or teenagers? Um, are there extra resources for parents right now? I really like to approach um, my work with teens by using reality therapy, which really looks at five basic psychological needs of freedom, fun, love, power, and survival. And so even in this time of pandemic, how can you allow um, your child to have freedom, to have fun, 
Um, even though it's going to be out of the norm, there's still ways that you can create freedom. Maybe it's through letting them determine their daily schedule or weekly schedule. Um, how can you build fun in their life so that they're still having some social connection, either through social media or, you know, even just with family, having more social connection. Those are all um, some things to think about as you're planning your schedule and planning your day. A couple other ideas that definitely play along with what Rebecca just said is uh, routine and schedules. Uh, kids, our habits, are creatures of habit, they, they need that structure. They need that help. So along with what Rebecca said of giving them choices and, and giving them control where they can have control, um, offering up daily schedules. Would you like to do this or this today? Would you like to, at 8 o'clock, would you like to do this or this? At 10 o'clock, would you like to um, change to this or this? Or would you like to get on a Zoom call? Or would you like to talk by phone? And giving them reminders. You know, your friend is still out there. Um, whether this is a young child or a teenager, you know, your friend's still out there. Why don't you pick up the phone and call, reminding them of the tools that they have available to continue to check in and be in contact, even if you can come up with creative new ideas, uh, such as, you know, pull a board game out. Maybe you guys can play Battleship together over the phone. Uh, maybe you could um, check in or do homework together. I think I just gave another kiddo the idea that, um, while they were doing um, homework over or, or schoolwork over online, I said, just just pull up Skype or pull up Zoom and, and just do your homework together. It's kind of like study hall. You're working side by side, but you're not really talking that much. Or maybe you got music on together. And so helping remind kids that there are connections to still be had despite the, the social distancing as well as the uh, recommended recommendation against being face-to-face -face in so many situations. Oh, so those are all great ideas. Thank you. Um, I think we should also discuss one of our other more vulnerable pop populations, the elderly. How can we best help our parents or grandparents? Uh, for example, if you used to visit parents daily and now you've had, they've had to self-isolate due to health concerns, uh, what ways can we continue to reach out? I would first and foremost make sure that their basic needs are being met. And if they are not, how can, how can we make sure that their basic needs are being met? I know some insurance companies have social workers and case managers that can help provide resources for their consumers. And so Medicaid specifically has that type of resource. So I encourage you to reach out to your MCO or Medicaid for more case management options. And then as far as a loved one, I think making sure that you're scheduling regular contact, whatever it is, it's going to take a lot of guilt and pressure off of you if you just schedule that in either daily, weekly, monthly, however often you feel is appropriate to reach out to your loved one, but it can be you know, scheduling a phone call, it can be scheduling for yourself that you're going to send a card or flowers, scheduling... Um, that you're going to send photographs to your loved one so that you would have a plan in place. It will um, just kind of create that consistency and that person will know that you're, you know, still thinking about them and loving them while you're physically distant from them. The, the elderly and the, the aging folks are, are a lot like teenagers in some sense too. And, and they need that routine. They, they thrive on their routine and, uh, while they might thrive on independence too, they, they need that contact with folks. So 
Um, I love the idea of, of Rebecca saying scheduling, scheduling time as adults, our lives get busy and maybe our, uh, as adults, we weren't impacted that much by COVID other than needing to socially distance and, and remove ourselves from face-to-face contact. So our lives are still busy. Um, some people's lives are busier than ever right now. And so making sure that you schedule um, that time, uh, reach out, uh, get your kids on the phone. Uh, if there's kids or grandkids around and organize a, a way to definitely meet their basic needs, make sure that they're still there. If the nursing home or their home allows, you've seen so many videos of, of face-to-face through a, a screen, uh, a glass door, not a screen door, a glass door where you're still getting to, to see that person and, and put a smile on somebody's face, which can change, can change the day, can change the outlook, uh, can change a mood for, for hours and days and even weeks. And sometimes that routine of knowing every Tuesday I get a phone call or I get a, a visit at my door with a basket of goodies can, can be something for those folks that are really isolated, something to look forward to. Definitely, that's very true. That's awesome. Um, so now on the flip side, what about for those people who are wondering, everyone around me is sad and upset, but I feel fine. Am I wrong? I would just say that there's some people who are doing well or even thriving under this crisis. Um, however, that doesn't mean that anything's wrong. It just means that you maybe have a lot of resiliency factors, such as a strong, healthy support system. It may mean that you're just more flexible and adaptable um, when things in your life change. Um, what I would caution you about is just making sure that you're not avoiding or stuffing down your emotions and stressors and putting on that happy face that everything is okay. That is really going to cause a lot of issues in the long run and, and bigger problems. So be mindful of that. If you're truly doing well right now, then maybe you're utilizing a lot of coping skills and have a lot of self-care um, throughout your day. But if you're stuffing and avoiding then make sure that you're aware of that and and making some changes for yourself. Self-awareness is a really good thing to have during these times. And if you can be really self-aware and understand where your feelings are coming from, um, you might have experienced job growth, promotion, even extended hours, depending on the kind of job or if there's other furloughs or, or layoffs of the company. Those are all happy, happy times in the midst of a not so happy time for other folks. You know, if you are continuing with a fairly normal routine, maybe you were an independent person to start with, so you didn't need a lot of people around you. Uh, maybe you still bought a, a house or a car and got a really good deal. Those are all things to be happy and excited and, and feel good about, a blessing during a not so good time. Um, but if your life has changed and you're laid off and not having all of the contacts you feel like you need, maybe you were an outgoing person that went out every single night and all of a sudden you're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm just fine. There's no problem. You might want to double check what's actually going on on the inside if that's truly what's happening or if you're, you're avoiding those feelings. Um, and you might be happy for a while and then the, the feelings might set back in, but Ultimately, there are some people that are thriving uh, fantastically through this time and um, continuing to be self-aware of how you're presenting, presenting yourself and how you're interacting with others is important. 
because while you might be happy and, and really excited about life, the next person might not be. And so being able to share those experiences, but still being kind of empathetic in the process and understanding others' emotions around you is important. Um, you don't want to lose the ability to, to share in the excitement together, but you also don't want to be that person that's overly happy all the time while your friends are just down in the dumps and struggling. So um, self-awareness is, is a really big deal through this time, and it's okay to be okay, and it's okay to not be okay. Um, I think there's another uh, component that you just briefly touched upon also is um, those folks who used to be financially secure, but now are not for whatever reason, furloughs, layoffs, maybe their businesses had to be closed if they're a small business owner. Um, and this can create a lot of anxiousness and fear. Are there suggestions for things to do at home to help minimize the stress and anxiety? I think this is one of the, you know, most exciting things that we can talk about because we can learn so much from one another and how other people are coping. And then, um, you know, we can try that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of coping skills that we work on in therapy. And some of those that I would recommend people look into would be mindfulness. Um, I like to look at it through the five senses. So what, what is something in the here and now that you can see, taste, smell, hear, touch, if you go throughout your day and try to pay attention to those different senses, you're going to experience um, a lot of pleasure throughout your day, and that can help you um, ease some of your stress, some of your anxiety. Um, also, how can you have some fun in your day, whether it's creating something, whether it's, uh, you know, physically moving your body through dance, through sports. Um, there's just a lot of different coping skills um, and trying to set goals for yourself. Um, so right now could be an opportunity to set some professional development goals if it's financial or having to do with employment that is causing your stress and anxiety. What can you utilize this time to feel like you're moving forward um, in meeting some of those goals that will help you financially down the road? Job loss is a tough one during this time. Um, it creates so much change. Uh, in everybody around you, uh, when one person in a family loses a job, everybody everybody's lives change just a little bit. So, uh, making sure that you're you're still focusing on your own mental health and staying in tune with your family's mental health is important. Uh, the other thing is is kind of facing the reality of the situation. If you once had a hundred thousand dollar job um, as a single income, and now you're down to whatever your unemployment check is, is allowing you, um, recognizing that you are no longer a $100,000 employee and changing your goals to meet that need right at that moment. Um, don't continue to avoid or not consider or don't continue to avoid the fact that you're not making near as much money. Face that reality, which is really, really hard to do. It's really, it sends a lot of guilt and shame and even embarrassment in folks. But once you can say, this is who I am, this is my new identity, I want it to be temporary, but this is who I am, then you can start to move forward with the other goals. You can start to set new financial goals, new employment goals, um, new life 
family fun goals. You may not be able to, once things reopen, if you can continue to be impacted financially, you may not be able to go out to dinner every night or order in from restaurants every single day. You might have to change some more meal planning and, and preparing. It's not impossible. But in order to do those things, you do have to face the reality of the situation and not avoid. Avoiding will get you further into debt. Avoiding will get you further into trouble um, financially and even emotionally. Um, so continue to, to kind of check in with yourself, that self-awareness again. Um, check in with your family. Give them an honest idea of this is, this is who we are for the next six months. This is what we are going to be doing in order to get by until we can get my job back, get a new job, or whatever the goal, new goal might be. All right. Thank you, ladies. I think we've touched on a lot of great things, um, talked about a lot of the different warning signs for some of the different age groups, talked about the continuum of, you know, where you might need to seek help either for yourself or for a loved one. Um, but I know for the public, there's still um, a significant amount of safety concerns for patients about maybe visiting the doctor or a mental health counselor. Um, and they're not sure if it's even safe to come in for a visit or to see someone to maybe readjust their medication. Can you talk a little bit about some of the safety measures that are currently in place? Yeah, it's understandable that people are concerned about coming in and seeing their therapist or doctor. I think every business has had to make a lot of changes to ensure safety of anyone entering their building, and it's no different for the healthcare industry and even more so. So there's going to be um, masks available. There's going to be hand sanitizer available, social distancing. Many of us have removed all the chairs from the waiting room so that there's really no um, mingling of patients. And so, you know, there's also a lot of telehealth happening right now that hopefully we'll be able to continue in the future, even after, you know, we're feeling safer and having more in-office appointments. Um, so there's a lot of options, whether it's in person or through telehealth, um, whatever you're more comfortable with. Telehealth is exciting right now. We are able to reach so many folks um, that are having those, those concerns of being exposed um, to the virus, being maybe even the vulnerable populations being able to continue to have services despite their vulnerability and, and not needing to come in office. So telehealth is fantastic. Um, all of our clinics were, we here in central Iowa have even rearranged our clinics a little bit to make sure that we have healthy clinics and a sick clinic so that you're coming to a clinic that has primarily physical health needs versus the, the virus needs. Um, the ERs can be a little bit more concerning for some folks. And uh, I would I would really encourage anybody that that uh, is able to or has a family friend with them, maybe call ahead to the emergency room and let them know you're coming with um, a friend or family member that's having thoughts of hurting themselves. Um, giving the ER or your clinic or the urgent care a little bit of a heads up sometimes can help the situation to be able to better avoid um, high risk areas or things like that. If you can't get a hold of someone, please still come in. Um, they will whisk you away quickly and get you to a room um, that is, is safe. They'll make sure that all the precautions, including a mask and gloves, uh, hand sanitizer are taken to uh, reduce and limit that exposure to any kind of uh, viral activity that may be going on. 
Well, I just wanted to say thank you ladies so much for sharing your time with our listeners today. I think you've provided some very helpful info that I hope our audience will find beneficial. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Don't forget that there's help out there if you need it. Diet, thank you so much for your great information that you gave us. You can send feedback to us by emailing us at podcast at mercyhealth.com or fill out the form at mercyone.org backslash podcast. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, we, we love to hear from our listeners. So stay safe, everyone. And as always, live your, your best, best life. life.